Good morning, brethren. Are we ready for God's word? All right, praise. So please open your Bibles to John chapter 3. So last week we were at John chapter 4, so this time John chapter 3, a very familiar passage. We're going to read verse 1 to 10. Okay, may I request everyone to please stand as we give reverence to the Word of God. This is from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? May God bless the reading from the Gospel. Please take your seats. So, beloved in the Lord, we have come to our third week of study. And this is based on our series, Who's Your One? If you notice, our lessons are about evangelism. We've been talking about people who were considered Jesus Christ one. It seems that Jesus has his one in every place that he visits. And so, so far, we have learned the story of Zacchaeus from Jericho. Remember Zacchaeus? Two Sundays ago, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, considered to be one of the sinners that the Pharisees, you know, considered their enemies and outcasts. And then last Sunday, we talked about the Samaritan woman. So here's a tax collector, sinners, and here's a Samaritan woman, outcast also, and considered enemies of the Jews. It seems that the gospel is reaching out to the outcast, to the lost, to the irreligious. But friends, today we are going to talk about someone who is religious. So religious that they are considered the most religious people at the time. They are considered the most religious people at the time. And we find, friends, that the gospel of Jesus Christ, salvation is not just for the worst of sinners. Salvation also is for the religious. Those who think that their own goodness can earn and merit them heaven. We are going to talk about the issue of being born again. So the title of our message, You Must Be Born Again. That's the phrase that Jesus Christ repeated in this particular chapter of John. Okay? You must be born again. So we are going to talk about the story of a religious man who went to Jesus Christ and his name is Nicodemus. Okay? And in this story... We will try to answer these questions first. What does it mean to be born again? It's very important that we know this phrase 
because a lot of people today misunderstand this term. A lot of times we say born again, we refer to a specific religious group. See? So when people worship dancing and raising their hands and shouting and always saying hallelujah, hallelujah, we say born again. Now that's not true. Right? Being born again has nothing to do with the style of worship. Right? So what does it mean to be born again? Second, how can a person be born again? And then third, right? How do I know I'm born again? So, so this is going to be a lengthy message. So I hope you bear with me. Brace yourself. If you brought your snacks, it would be good. But this, this, this is going to be so heavy. You know, I, I had a hard time, you know, concising this because this is a very crucial theology, born again, all right? So these are the three questions that I want to answer coming from John chapter 3. So let's begin with our first point in our outline, the worry of the sinner, the worry of the sinner, Nicodemus came to Jesus Christ because he is worried for something. He is bringing with him an important baggage. Alright? So let's begin with verse 1 and 2. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus and a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him. So let's pause there. Let's try to know this sinner. Okay, so he is a religious man. Nicodemus is a religious man. All right. By the way, the name Nicodemus, you may want to know this. The meaning of the word or the name Nicodemus means victory of the people. Victory of the people. Nicodemus, that's, that's his name. Okay? The victory of the people. So I hope that this man, Nicodemus, will truly be victorious. And indeed, in their society today, if there's one group of people that are considered victorious, these are the Pharisees, right? They were the cream of the crop. They were so religious. So he's a member of the Pharisees. And by the way, during the time, history tells us that there were 6,000 Pharisees existing. And they were at the, at the, you know, at the highest level of religiosity they were so religious they followed the the word of god the, the 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 laws of moses you know by the book and why is it that christ was so against them because they even created a lot of laws that were made by them traditions you know they were more strict than god himself so to speak Right? So strict that even during Sabbath, they would not start a flame for fire. Because for them, it's work. Remember? If, if some of them, if, if, if some of their uh, pets or, or, or their animals would be lost during a Sabbath, they would not help them. You know? If, if, if their animals are are, you know, struck by something, they would not help them because for them, that's work. No work on, on Sabbath. Very strict, right? And then we find that he is also a ruler. A ruler. Because he's a member of the Sanhedrin. And by the way, brethren, the Sanhedrin serves as the Jewish ruling council. It serves as the Supreme Court at that time for the Jews. So whenever there are some problems, you know, in their, in, their, in their town, they would not immediately go to the Roman governor. They would have to deal with, what? The Sanhedrin. He was a member of this special class of, of you know, wise men. So the members of the Sanhedrin, there are Pharisees here. Of course, the rich people are here. And this is a 70-member court. And, and the head of the Sanhedrin, of course, is the chief priest. And, and Nicodemus is a Pharisee and a Sanhedrin member. So can you imagine this man? You know, 
in, in as far as their society is concerned, he is at the top of their religious system and he's at the top of their political system. He's a ruler. And of course, if you're a member of the Sanhedrin, you have to be rich, right? So he's also rich, not just religious, he's rich. But friends, he's also restless. He's restless, you know? He had it already. You know, as far as society is concerned, he got it all nailed down, you know, about the word, about religion. According to Paul, remember, I can boast. You know, remember Pharisee? Paul is also a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. And, and this Pharisee, even though he knew the law, book to book, but this man is restless. He came to Jesus Christ. Look at this. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with you or with him. Somehow, Zacchaeus, I mean Nicodemus, find it that his heart is empty. Yes, he knew religion. He knew God. He goes through the motion of all the rituals, you know, in the Bible. But still, there was something missing. Remember the same thing as that rich young ruler. Remember, there was this rich young ruler who came to Jesus Christ and asked the question, How can I go to heaven? How can I enter heaven? And Jesus says, well, do the commandments. And you know the answer of this rich young ruler? I did them all. What, what else do I lack? The same thing. This man, Nicodemus, as far as religion, as far as success in life is concerned, he has it already. But religion and riches could not make this man happy. He's restless. He went to Jesus, and take note, he went to Jesus by night. Why? Why by night? Of course, probably because he was embarrassed. You know, he's a member of the Pharisees, and he's a member of the Sanhedrin. And why would this man go to this Jesus of Nazareth? So probably he's embarrassed. He doesn't want his colleagues to know that he is also seeking something from Jesus Christ. Right? Look at verse 3. This is amazing. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, wait a minute. Jesus answered. There was no question. Go back to verse 2. There's no question. Why is it that as this man was, he was even trying to impress Jesus. I know, you know, Rabbi. He calls Jesus rabbi. So there's a sense of respect. We don't know if this respect was genuine or he was just trying to impress the Lord. Remember, he's a Pharisee. He's a Sanhedrin. Why would he even respect you know, an unofficial rabbi? Remember, Jesus being a rabbi was unofficial. <laughs> he wasn't a rabbi by the religious system. He was a rabbi according to the people. Because he speak with authority, not like their teachers of the law, right? So he says, Rabbi, I know that you are from God. See? But then Jesus immediately answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus must have been so shocked. How come this man knows what's in my heart? You see, friends, Nicodemus don't have to verbalize because Jesus Christ knows his heart. Let's get into the context. How do we know that? All right? Now, let's go, okay? I want you to go a few verses earlier, all right? Before, before John chapter 3. So let's go to John chapter 2 towards the ending. All right, verse 23. I want you to see this so that we will know the context upon which John is writing this account. Look at verse 23. Now when he, that's Jesus, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, if, 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 if you want to know the timeline here, this is the first time Jesus visited 
visited Jerusalem. So in the Gospel of John, he visited Jerusalem three times. So this is the first time. Okay? It was a Passover feast. Many believed, take note, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. Alright? Now I want you to understand this. They believed because they saw. Okay? They believed because they saw. They saw the signs. They, they saw the miracles. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them. Because he knew all men. See that? That's omniscience. He knew all men and he needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what is in man. Alright? So, that is why when, when Nicodemus approached Jesus Christ, Jesus immediately you know, gave him the truth. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot see the kingdom of God because Jesus knew what was inside this man. Amen? He knew. Zacchaeus was, I mean, I always say Zacchaeus, sorry, Nicodemus, right? Because for two, two, two days, I've been talking about Zacchaeus in the Bible study. <laughs> All right, Nicodemus, even though, you know, he's a Pharisee, even though he, he was so religious, he knew God's word, but friends, there was emptiness. There were some doubts. Yes, I, ha I do all these things, but am I, am I saved? Am I in the kingdom of God? So somehow, there was this realization in Nicodemus' life. I, I'm doing all these, you know, religious things, but am I saved? That's why immediately Jesus blurted out, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Alright? So, that's where we see the worry of the sinner. He's worried. And friends, I know that some people today are worried about their salvation. It's like Nicodemus. It's like the man called Luther. Remember Luther? Martin Luther. If, if you know his biography, if you know his life, he was so religious. And, and he's always guilty. In fact, it's so funny that history tells us that, you know, Luther would spend hours and hours in the confessional so that when the priests would see that Luther comes, you know, they would hide. Because Luther would, would, would really confess everything. And he's that man that he wants to please God. But, but even though with all his religion, with all his prayer, Luther still finds it that he's inadequate. See? He's so guilty that when he read that, you know, salvation is by grace through faith, it's like the world of Luther was open. It's like heaven opened. He realizes... All the religiosity, all the prayers, the fastings I did, I'm not earning anything. See? That's the same thing with this man, Nicodemus. All his religion amounts to zero. Because Jesus says, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, so, so Nicodemus says, we know that you are a teacher from God and, and, and you can do this thing. So, so Nicodemus is one of those that is mentioned in verse 23 to 25. In other words, Nicodemus believed in Jesus simply because of what? Of the signs. So friends, that believing is not saving believing. That is why you don't need a miracle to be saved. You don't need to see a miracle. Because people today, they look for, you know, this is miraculous, we have to go to this place because this is miraculous. And sometimes we put our faith on the miracle and not the one who makes the miracle. God. Right? So, a faith that is based on signs, not genuine faith. Because faith is what? We live by faith and not by sight. So Jesus Christ would not entrust himself to these people who believes in him simply because of the 
you know, of the miracles that Jesus did. They have to believe Him for who He is. Right? Let's go to the second point. The words of the Savior. So after knowing the worry of, of, of Nicodemus, and this is now the, the core of, of this passage, the words of the Savior is very important. All right? So what does it mean to be born again? Okay, let's clarify that. What does it mean to be born again? Again, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, the word therefore see, okay, it literally means participate. All right? I cannot be part of the kingdom of God if I'm not born again. So let's focus on that word born again, that phrase. It, it can also be translated born from above. Okay? There are two Greek words there, born, ginao. It means to give birth to, to generate. And then again, the Greek word is anothen. Again, anew or from above. Right? So that's the meaning. Born from above. Okay? Or born anew. That's the term. Okay? Nothing fancy there. It's, it's just the word born anew. Or to, you are being regenerated. That's why the other term for born again is what? New birth. Right? It's also known as new birth. And the theological term for born again is the word regeneration. Have you, have you heard of that term? Regeneration. That's being born again. You know, it's the same level as justification, sanctification. So, where is regeneration in the order of salvation? All right? Regenerations come first. Regeneration, and then there's conversion, and then there's sanctification. Right? Regeneration starts. In other words, it's the beginning of your spiritual life. Without regeneration, you cannot see spiritual things. Without regeneration, without being born again, you cannot understand this sermon. It's prerequisite. Alright? So being born again, number one, it's a mass. It's a necessity. It's a mass. It's imperative. It's very clear. Unless one is born again, he cannot. The words here of Christ are so emphatic. He cannot. It's like, never, never. That's a term. So there, there is a necessity. Alright? There is no other way for a person to see the kingdom of God or enter the kingdom of God if you are not born again. Alright? So being born again is, is not a, you know, some uh, suggestion. You know, I suggest you be born again. No. It's a command. You must. There's no other way. Because the other way is to go to hell. Remember? That's the only way. If you are not born again, then you want to go to hell because that's what Jesus said. You must be born again because unless... Now remember, Jesus is not talking here to Zacchaeus, a tax collector, or a Samaritan, or a prostitute. He is talking here of a person who is so religious that almost 99.9% follow the law. <laughs> Alright? But not even him cannot enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because he is not born again. Okay? Now, Jesus said to, to Nicodemus, Do not marvel that I said this to you. You must be born again. Again, there is that phrase there of necessity. This is necessary. Without this, you will definitely not enter the kingdom of God. Now, second, being born again is monergistic. Now, let, let's just be theological this time. Monergistic. Have you come across that term? Monergistic. You know, it, it comes from two words. Mono, mo, you know, mono meaning one. Erg, erg. Where do you get that word erg? It has something to do with work. Ergonomics. Remember? Erg is even a unit of work. Erg. So what, what is that word? It means work. Alright? So mono erg. Okay? It means one work. In other words, it's the work of one. 
Okay? It's the opposite of synergistic. You've, you've heard of synergy. Okay, what is synergy? We work together. That's synergy. Monergistic. In other words, being born again as it is used in this passage, right, by Jesus, is in the passive mood. Passive. We are not the doer. Someone. We are only the recipient. I cannot make myself born again. In other words, it's only the work of one, and of course, whose work is that? It's God. <laughs> it's God. And the illustration of Jesus, what is the illustration of Jesus Christ? The illustration is something that Nicodemus could understand, the birth of a child. Because he's using the word born, ginao. That's the word when, you know, a child is born. Okay? Now, do you have a participation? A question. Okay, we have Nanai here. Alright? Do na by responsibility ang bata? Do na ba siya part in the giving of the birth? No, it's the, it's the work of the mother. Alright? The child will probably simply slip. <laughs> you cannot say, I think, nanay could not say, come on child, come on child, push, push. Come on baby, baby. No. I mean, it's very clear that the birth of a child you know, the child has no role to play. The same thing with being born again. It's monergistic. It's the work of God. We have no part. You know? And this is where some Christians fail to understand. Because if, if you Google, you, you, can, you can see books like Three Steps to Be Born Again. Okay? In other words... They have this notion that I need to do three steps so that I can be born again. Friends, being born again is monergistic. You and I, we don't have any part of it. We cannot make ourselves born. Why? Because the Bible says we are dead. <laughs> A dead person cannot make himself born again. We are dead. God has to make us alive. And that making alive is born again. Alright? That's the term. Born again. Look at 1 Peter 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, take note, He has caused us to be born again. You see, passive. Who is the doer of the action? God. Who are we? We are only recipient. Cause us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's monergistic, brethren. I have no part. The same way as babies don't have any role to play in the birth. It's all in the mother. And so somebody, that's why Jesus says, flesh gives birth to flesh. A mother who is made of flesh can give birth to flesh. But spirit gives birth to spirit. I cannot become a spiritual person if God will not give me that birth. See? It's monergistic. And then third, brethren, it's a miracle. Born, being born again is a miracle. The greatest miracle. Can you imagine this? A dead soul becoming alive. Let me give you a parallel of being born again. Friends, what happens when a person is born again is exactly the same thing. You go back to Genesis chapter 2 when God was forming from, from the dust, you know, from the soil of the earth. He formed man and, and the Bible says, and then he breathed into it and it became a living being. That's the same thing with being born again. That, that mold, you know, that dust, that dirt, became a living being because God breathed into it. That became a what? A physical being. The same thing with being born again. We are dead. Alright? I have no part. So, only God breathes into us His Spirit so that we become alive. You see? Now, that's where a lot of people don't understand because they don't study clearly the Scripture. They, they think that, you know, there are steps that I can be born again. There are no steps because it is the step of God. The step for us is zero. Alright? Zero. 
Pastor Maki, what about faith in Jesus? So that's, that's where a lot of people think, what about faith? What about believing? Isn't believing that causes me to be, a lot, to be born again? Now, you have to understand. On the first place, how can you believe when you're dead? <laughs> Remember the Bible says, even your faith is a gift. So in other words, there should be something that starts my faith. See? There should be something. If, if my faith causes me to be saved, remember, we are saved by faith. But something has to start my faith because without that something, I could not have faith. What is that something that causes my faith? It's being born again. God has to quicken my dead soul so that I can see Him. See? Being born again is the same thing that happened to Lazarus. Remember Lazarus when he died? He was... He was in the tomb for three days or four days until Jesus Christ says, Lazarus, come out. Now question, before Jesus Christ, Jesus said, come out, can Lazarus contribute to his resurrection? No. He has to wait for Jesus says, Lazarus, friends, the saying of Lazarus, that's being born again. Jesus Christ was speaking life to this dead man. That's what it means to be born again. It's a miracle. Only God can do it. See? And, and, and Nicodemus understands that. Look at, look at the phrase of Nicodemus. Look at verse 4. Nicodemus says, How can a man be born when he is old? What's the answer? It's a rhetorical question. It's impossible. Okay? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? What's the answer? No. See? So the thought is being born again is impossible for humans and and nicodemus understands that because he's a learned man he's a pharisee so when jesus says unless you are born again you cannot see the kingdom of god somehow he understands that that it's impossible it's impossible the same way jeremiah says can an ethiopian change his skin or a leopard its spots what's the answer Neither can I do can you do good who are accustomed to doing evil. In other words, friends, it's very clear. The Bible says, Romans chapter 3, no one is righteous, not even one. We all fall short from the glory of God. See? That's total depravity. We have no responsibility on making ourselves what? Born again because we are dead. It has to start from God. God has to initiate. Amen? Now, the disciples were confused about this. And, and Mark chapter 10, this is a story of, of the rich young ruler. And, and, and because the rich young ruler could not sell his possession... You know, he was so sad. And then Jesus made a statement. Again, another impossibility. Okay? It's, it's so hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom. It's, it's, more, it's easier for a camel to enter, you know, than a rich man. Okay? The point there, it's impossible. And then, you know the reaction of the disciples? Look at Mark chapter 10, you know, 26, 27. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? <laughs> See? Sometimes we think that salvation is so easy. It's not. The disciples were scratching their head. Lord, if that's the case, Lord, who then can be saved? What's the answer? None. On their own? None. That's why Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. You see? It's a miracle. But not with God because all things are possible with God. Amen? See? Being born again is the miracle of God. You cannot make yourself born again. I have no contribution. I cannot say, you know what? I got born again because I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's wrong. I have the faith to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior, but not being born again. It was God who gave me life, spiritual life. That, so that I can have faith in Him. Without being born again, no person can ever put their faith in Christ. 
Because the Bible says, no one is righteous. No one is seeking God, not one. We are all totally depraved. Amen? Totally depraved. Alright, then we come to verse 5. Jesus answered. Again, answer. So, in other words, Jesus knew that there were so many questions in, in, in the heart of Nicodemus. So, so, if Jesus answers, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So, what should be the question? You know, how? How can I be born again? Naglibog yun. So, tingtubag na Jesus. It's only when you are born of water and the Spirit. Now, this is where so many Christians came up with their own answers, okay? Born of water. What is that? So some, some say, hey, born of water, physical birth. You know, because, you know, Nana is here, you know, that there's that, what do you call that water inside? Yeah, there's the bag of water and it breaks. So, no, that's, that's born of water and spirit. But that's ridiculous. Number one, at that time, they don't know about it. It's a recent. So they don't know. Jesus would not be talking about it. Alright? And by the way, this is John. This is not Luke. Luke, the doctor, would talk about, you know, medical terms, but not John. John doesn't know about bags bursting, no? So that's not. And in fact, it's ridiculous. You know, you know, Nicodemus, in order for you to be born again, you have to exist. But he already exists. It could not be a condition. So it's not birth, no? Some people say water baptism. You have to be water baptized and then spirit, then you are born again. Now that's not true also because we know, we know for a fact that baptism follows faith. Remember? You don't baptize and then you believe in Christ, no. So definitely that's not water baptism. So what is it then? Okay? Remember in verse 9, Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And you know the answer of Jesus in verse 10? We, we find a hint here, the meaning. Are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Okay, there's the hint. You're a teacher of Israel and you do not know these things. So meaning to say, Jesus Christ is not teaching here a new teaching. He's saying, you're a Pharisee, and Pharisees are masters of the Old Testament. <laughs> you know the book. So Christ is hinting that what I'm saying, Nicodemus, is not something new. This is something taught by the prophets. So that gives us a hint. What is in the Old Testament that's talking about water and spirit? Water and spirit. Water and spirit. Alright? So, to make it short, let me give you, no? what, what's in the Old Testament that speaks of what Jesus Christ is talking here? You go to Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36, 25 to 29, and this is talking about the new covenant. Alright? This is talking about the new covenant. Alright, what is the new covenant? Look at this. This is also found, another version of this is, is found also in uh, in, there's a Jeremiah version to this, and there's also Jeremiah 31, all right? And there's also an Isaiah, but the clearest is in Ezekiel 36. Look at this. God says, I will, take note of the pronouns, I will sprinkle clean water on you. There's the water. You will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. See that? Notice, it's always I. I will, I will, I will. Is there any part of the person? No. Friends, that's what Jesus Christ is saying. You, God is saying, you cannot follow my laws. You cannot follow me unless I change you. Because that's what Zacchaeus, I mean, Nicodemus has been doing. 
He thought that he followed the laws of God. He kept the laws of God. But those keeping were what? Were human. God says, I will have to change your heart. You know? Then, look at this. Then, you will be my people and I will be your God. I will, take note, save you from all your uncleanness. You see? That's when salvation happens. So what should come first? God has to what? God has to cleanse me with water first. God has to give me a new heart, a new spirit, so that I can have faith in Him. See, that's important to understand. I have faith today because it was God who initiated. He ignited that faith in me. And friends, you might ask, then what is that water, Pastor? Still, the water is not solved. God is still talking about water. Well, let's go now to the New Testament. How does the New Testament explain to us the water? Look at this. Ephesians 5, 25-26. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with what? Water through the Word. There we have it. How can a man be born again? Through the washing of water. And what's the water? It's the Word. It's not baptism. It's the Word. Look at 1 Peter 1.23. For you have been born again, there's the term, not of perishable seed, but of the imperishable, through the living and enduring Word of God. So now we understand how can a person be born again? It is through the Word. That's why the preaching of the Word is so important. Because God uses the preaching. When there is the Word, the Spirit will use the Word to change our hearts. Friends, can we change a leopard? No, but of course with, with genetics today they can. But miraculously, only God can do that. The same thing with you and me. Can I change my life? Can you change your life? The answer is no. Only a miracle from God. Amen? But that miracle can happen through the administration of His Word. As you listen to His Word, God quickens your heart. So let's try to define being born again. So being born again is the miraculous work of God whereby He cleanses a person through His Word, giving Him a new heart and new spirit so that He becomes a new creation. Amen? So that's what it means to be born again. It's a miracle. It's the work. Now we come to the third. I'm running out of time. The work of the Spirit. Are you still with me? Okay. It's the work of the Spirit. All right? Notice verse, uh, where are we now? It's... Okay, verse 6. The new birth is spiritual. Alright? So this, this is very simple. It's spiritual. We're not talking here of physical. When you're born again, it doesn't mean that you're changed physically. In fact, you don't notice anything. It is a spiritual change. Okay, look at verse 6. That which is born, flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You know what Jesus is saying? He's saying, Nicodemus, you're a human being today because a human being gave birth to you. But your being born again has nothing to do with your human birth. You have to be born spiritually. So in other words, if your mother gave birth to you, it has to be someone who gives birth to you. And the Bible says, spirit, born of spirit is spirit. So how can I become a spiritual being? It's the Holy Spirit. That has to work in me. So friends, that gives us the answer. How can I be born again? It's the Spirit working in you and in me. Alright? For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, according to Paul. In other words, friends, if we just remain physical, the Bible says, if I don't become spiritual, the Bible says, nothing good in me. You know, in this flesh. So ang tao, if they siya na born again, if physical lang, but pastor, I'm a good person. I don't cheat. I don't commit adultery, you know. 
I pay my taxes, you know, when there's a deadline. Oh, diba? I, I'm, I'm good, Pastor. I think I can enter heaven. Again, the Bible says, I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. Who said this? This is Paul. Are you better than Paul? <laughs> Am I better than Paul? So, so that's very clear. If I just remain physical, I don't experience being born again, nothing good will come out. So it has to move from physical to spiritual. I have to be born again so that I can understand spiritual truths. Friends, let me give you the, the, the parallel here. The moment you were born, the first thing that a baby does now was what? Cry. Crying is the first impulse of a physical birth. In the spiritual sense, what's the first impulse of spiritual birth? It's faith. It is faith. So God gives you a spiritual birth so that you can have faith. So when a person is listening to the word and suddenly you got, you cut, there's a cutting to your heart. Go, go. I must repent. Who did that? God. What's your first impulse? I need to believe. See? Nothing good in me. Flesh gives birth to flesh. If, if the, the flesh gives us appetite for food, for ice cream, for lechon, spiritual life gives us appetite for what? For the word, for sermon, for prayer, for worship. That is why, listen, it's very important. That is why some of us don't have appetite for the word. When we attend service, we are sleepy. When we read the Bible, we get sleepy. We don't like worship. When we attend worship, we are always on Sunday time. You know what? You don't need a genius science to explain that. It's very simple. If you have no spiritual life, you have no appetite for spiritual things. That's, that's very clear. So you know, friends, you know if you're born again or not. Because if you have no appetite for love for God, then you know that you're not born again. You're just flesh. And flesh are bound for hell. Spirit are bound for heaven. See? Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. If I don't have a spiritual life, I will not have appetite, desires, or longing for spiritual things. And that's very clear. That's why... Uh, Jesus said, do not marvel at this, Nicodemus. You have to be born again because what you have is just flesh. You know, your religion is just flesh. There's no spiritual life in you. All right? Number two, the new birth is a sovereign work. All right? This, it's a sovereign work. Okay? It's a sovereign work. Look at verse 8. Jesus explains it. The wind blows wherever it wishes, and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. That's the illustration of Jesus. Very simple. You know the wind. And look at the, the conclusion of Jesus. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. See? It's, it's, it's the work of the Spirit. You cannot force the Spirit. Spirit, make me born again. No. That's the illustration. The wind blows wherever it wishes. You do not know where it is. So, friends, by the way, the spirit is wind. Remember the Greek word for spirit? Pneuma. Spirit, wind, or air. See? When you are born, it's not of your desire. It's God's work. It's sovereign. You know, it's irresistible. When the spirit changes you, you cannot stop him. See? It's irresistible. Right? And it's incontrollable. You cannot control the Spirit. He is sovereign. Right? He is free. It is His work, brethren. And then finally, number three, the new birth is the source of faith. I've been telling you this already. It's the source of faith. Right? Look at verse 11 now. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you, took, look at this, you do not receive our testimony. In other words, how come you don't understand this? I have told you earthly things and take note. You do not believe. How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? You know the answer? Because you're not born again, Nicodemus. 
You know, Nicodemus, I'm just telling you earthly things like the birth of a child, that's earthly. The wind, that's earthly. But you don't understand. Why? Because you're not born again. See? You're not born again. Okay? It's very clear. Look at 1 Corinthians 2.14. People who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. You see? That which is born of Spirit is Spirit. If God doesn't create a spirit in me, everything I'm talking here means foolishness. But if you are born again, everything I'm talking here for you, oh Lord, it's essential. If you are born again, you would be hearing God's word. It's like you're eating lechon. I need more of this. Oh Lord, I need this. But if you're not born again, how, can, how will that pastor ever stop preaching? I'm tired already. See? See the difference? While others are enjoying, you are anxious to go. That's the difference. Because only people who are born again have the appetite for spiritual things. Okay? And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, and that whoever believes, that's the first time the word believes arrives there, in him, may have eternal life. So if you look at John 3.16, whoever believes in Him will not perish. Which comes first? Being born again or John 3.16? Being born again, you see? You cannot do John 3.16 if you will not experience John 3.3. <laughs> what is John 3.3? You must be born again. What is John 3.16? Believe. Whoever believes in Him, you see? It is the source of faith. A person can never believe in Jesus unless he is born again. John 6.44, Jesus said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. That drawing thing is what's called born again. All right? So that's the end of Nicodemus' life. We don't hear from him. What happened to him? <laughs> no? What happened to him? Well, the next time we find Nicodemus is at the trial of Jesus Christ. This is a year after. He was being tried. Okay? He was accused. And you find the name Nicodemus. Look at verse 55. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, who was one of their own number. Number. So he became a believer, praise the Lord. Ask, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? And notice how the other Pharisees replied, Are you from Galilee Look too? No? Look into it and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. So they're accusing him. Ah, you're, you're a disciple now. Alright? And then the last time we find Nicodemus in the Bible is in John 19 after the death of Jesus Christ. You know, his body was taken by Joseph of Arimathea. But Joseph of Arimathea wasn't alone. Look at this. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds, very expensive. In other words, he was willing to spend his money for the decent burial of Christ. And this is now tradition. What happened to Nicodemus? Tradition say that Nicodemus was baptized by Peter and John. His confession of the Lord Jesus as Lord led him to be deprived of his role as a Pharisee. He was removed from the Pharisee. He was excommunicated. He was dismissed and banished from Jerusalem by hostile Jews and later martyred to death. That's what happened to Nicodemus. Friends, he was excommunicated from the Jews, but here's the good news. He entered the kingdom of God. Amen? You can be excommunicated by your families, by your friends, but it's all worth it. You know why? Because if you are born again, you have entered 
the kingdom of God. Now, let me end with an application. Very quick. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm already over time. How do I know I'm born again? So let me leave this. It's not in your notes. So just quickly write this down. These are tests. Because again, friends, you cannot make yourself born again. It's the work of God. So how do I know? How do I know I'm born again? Here are five tests. Five tests to prove that we are really born again. Okay, I want you to check yourself. I, I'm also checking myself. Number one, 1 John 2.29. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of Him. So the first test that to check, you know, am I am I born again? Is it my lifestyle to practice what is right? Check. Check? Right. Okay, moment on. A person is born again, practices righteousness. Am I is it my lifestyle to do what's right? Dili kay mus right once in a while. Dili. Lifestyle gyo. In other words, that's my standard. Of course, as sinners, maka dika makakusay maka wrong ka pero the, the inclination is always, I want to do what's right. Number two, 1 John 3, 9. This is John still saying, No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. You see? If you're born again, you will not continue in a sin. Very clear. So, so if I'm living with someone who is not a rightful person to live with. And I say, I'm born again. You are not. <laughs> because it's very clear. The Bible says, if you're born of God, you don't continue in sin. In other words, if I'm an adulterer, if I'm living with a mistress right now, and God gives me a new birth, you know what will happen? You know what? We cannot live like this. You know? My spirit, you see, the spirit gives me inclination. I cannot enjoy having sex with you. You are not my wife. This is wrong. See, we have to stop this. That's born again. If you're not born again, you know, you know, I want to follow God, but then I enjoy this sex. See, you cannot because you have now a new desire. So, do I stop living in habitual sin? See. Because if you are born again, your lifestyle, it will change. See? If you're living a lifestyle that is contrary to the Word of God, and you're born again, juga. And that's what happened. Remember? Remember Pastor Vince who was here? Remember Pastor Vince? You know, that first transgender F Filipino? When, when he got born again, of course, what happened? He has to go back because... You know, he could not live as a she because he was made as a him, as a he. That's why Pastor Vince, you know, even though na transgender na siya, but he is now, you know, a pastor. <laughs> right? You will stop. See? Number, number three, 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves, who loves has been, take note, born of God and knows God. So what's the third test? Love. Do I practice love? Because if you're not a loving person, you're not born again. Okay? Why? Because the Bible says, people who are born of God, they practice love. Okay? Loving others. Being compassionate. Okay, next. The fourth. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. So another test of being born again. You know? You believe that Jesus is the Christ. So, do I absolutely believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, the Lord? Because if you have some doubts, maybe Jesus is not, you know, the Savior. Then you are not born again. Because the Bible is very clear. You believe that He is the Christ. See? And then finally, 1 John 5, 4. Everyone born of God, take note, overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So what is that? Do I make it a lifestyle to overcome the world? In other words, you are an overcomer. Dili kay taga Domingo, Lord, I did it again. Moragina taga Sunday, Lord, I did it again. In other words, you're living in what? As a defeated. No, you're a victor. Amen? When we are born again, we are victors. 
We can always fight temptation. Dili kay taga Domingo, mura gyud na imong prayer, Lord. Nakasala na po ko, Lord. So sige si Lord, sige mura gyud ni atong life permit. Sige ra ko pasaylo ani. Wa gyud Lord, praise the Lord. You know, I'm victorious this week. Friends, I hope, I hope that all these things would lead us to a spiritual birth. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this truth, O God. It is you, Lord. Lord, you have given us your word today, and so we rely on you. It is in your hands, O God, to quicken. If we are still dead in our spirit, if we are still dead, if there is no spiritual life in us, then Lord, we are simply submitting to you. We repent of our sins. Forgive us, O Lord, and do your part. It's only you, O God, who can give us a new birth. Maybe, Lord, by hearing this sermon, we realize that some of us thought that we are born again, but we are not. We surrender our life to you. Just like Nicodemus, we come to you, Lord, not bringing our own righteousness, our goodness, our knowledge, but we come to you zero because we have nothing to prove. Forgive us of our sins and cause your spirit, O God, to transform us, to give us a new birth. In Jesus' name, amen.